Welcome to Credibly Curious. I'm Saskia. And I'm Nick. Uh, this is a pretty special episode because it's the first time we are recording this remotely. Yeah, indeed. And, and it's uh, kind of weird, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like surprisingly... I'm kind of surprised at how not weird it is, I guess. I don't know, like maybe like if like video calls are more of like a novelty, it would be different. I don't know. It's like... Like, it's, it's different because you're not right there, but it's, like, I'm almost, like, shocked. Yeah, no, it at is At the fact that this is, like... Possible it's, that, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very seamless, thanks to you, Saskia. Well, not so seamless. This is our third try, right? But we're getting there now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not super seamless at all. Nah, it's, it's good. But, um, yeah, so I'm fi- I finally arrived in Perth and I have moved into a new place, which means yeah, we're also nice. recording at a weird time for me and slightly weird time for you. So it's six o'clock in the morning for me, yeah. and which is very early. It's uh, very, it's like so early. But that's yeah. the thing, right? Perth is a very early city. Everyone here is, seems to be up at like four in the morning. So this is not that unusual, I think. But we've done like, I, I feel like, between the both of us, we've sort of like moved, like I know I was on the other side of the country, like, you know, like, and you, like I was on the other side of the world and you're on the other side of the country. There's like a lot of, a lot of moving. There is a lot of moving. I think that's going to be the title of the episode, right? Moving. <laughs> moving. <laughs> How was moving house? Was that like hard or easy? No, it was pretty easy um, because I just got rid of all of my stuff or not really rid because it's all still mm. in Melbourne essentially. So <laughs> yeah. actually moving really should be the episode. I'm like literally in a room full of boxes right now because I'm moving house. All right. But you've had some pretty exciting news too, because you have, you went to America. And yeah. So I had a, an amazing trip and did some cool stuff at the R studio conference. So that was in Austin. Um, Austin's an awesome city, by the way, just like really, really cool place um and yeah that was very that had some really great workshops i didn't attend this year but um yeah like those were very practical um i then i gave a poster talk called the ghosts of missing data past so a i heard a rumor missing that data you sang your poster is that correct? i didn't sing you know it was uh i was just like it was in a uh, a narrator-like voice from ah, as if no I was singing. like it's almost, no singing. It's almost um, a bit of a letdown right now because <laughs> I just imagined you belting it out in front of hundreds of people standing around your poster. I was yeah, it was it was very fun. I drew some really bad drawings from a Christmas Carol, um, so a really bad Ebenezer Scrooge and other characters. Um, and then I told people about like a dystopian future where Ebenezer Scrooge, um, had to, had done row-wise deletion and had thus removed Tiny Tim from the records of London, uh, not allowing him to get access to public healthcare, um, which then meant that he like was very sick later in his life. Um, but it went really well. I was really, really happy. It was like, I feel like I took a really big risk because I just drew some really bad drawings and I just wasn't sure if this sort of story would be interesting. Um, but I had heaps of people at my, at my poster. I ended up doing them in these little, like, um, in these little, like, showing times where I said, like, the next screening will be at this time and then I would appear and then. It's like sea yeah. lions at a zoo. It's basically like sea lions at a zoo. Um, yeah, that, I, that was me. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, it was great. And then I, it's always so nice when you get your talk done at the start of a conference. Oh, that's um, so true, yeah. It's so I had a I was just very relaxed after that. I got to see some really amazing talks. Um, yeah, yeah, tell us about know. those. Yeah, I wanted. I mean, I've only watched one talk because we want to talk about that one. But what else was happening at the conference? Sure, uh, I'd say so. Joe Cheng actually gave a really great talk about Shiny. So I don't really know that much about Shiny, but he gave a really he did a really good job of like explaining how to improve, say, like the bottlenecks in that and how to make it faster. And um, it was a really good talk, I think, measured by the fact that the talk was coming to an end and I, it sort of, I don't know, like I was very engaged in the talk. So I feel like sometimes you have a talk and it's like, this is the first part, this is the second part, and this is the end, um, um, which is fine. But it was just like, um, but it was just like a really, I know, for such a technical topic, I think he did a great job. Um, yeah. I've, I heard him introduce Shiny. Um hmm in 2015 in Denmark and he does give really was that when it was well, it wasn't introduced. introduced I think it had been around but he was giving sort of like more of a production talk maybe the first production talk of shiny right? yeah wow no but that's like that's a big deal you know yeah. it's like the first time it sort of had the like the spotlight yeah and it was it was a packed room um mm. but he did give a really really good presentation um mm. it was just very clear he's very yeah very clear and doesn't he doesn't like use extra words, it seemed. <laughs> yeah, I would say that as well. Actually, he was very yeah, like it succinct. Succinct, yeah. Um, Karthik Graham actually gave a really good talk. So he talked about um, how to improve, like how to improve reproducibility, like in your work, and the sorts of different ways that you can go about doing that. Um, and what I think was nice was that he didn't just talk about like here's like all the here's all the bells and whistles, like this really hard to create thing. It was more like here is um, like some suggestions for different points like along that way. So like here's a, here's like a, an easier, simpler way. Here's like a more difficult way and that sort of thing. Um, well, um, I yeah. want to talk about Miles's talk just because, okay. I mean, we've talked about Miles heaps, Miles McBain, Obviously, but since he's a fellow Australian and he gave a talk at the R Studio conference, and since you can watch all the R Studio conference talks, which I haven't done yet, but I have watched Miles's talk, and I thought it was really interesting. So Miles's talk yeah. is about the magic in R. Yeah. And what makes a package magical, where you go, oh my god, that's amazing! This is so easy. I can't believe that I can get away with doing so little and getting out so much. Yes. No, and that was really um, like I don't know. It was just it, it was really nice because he didn't just talk about magic and like explain how that is like that feeling you said where you get so much out. It was like he he had like this quantification of it. Um, yeah, it was really cute. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was like the, the the sort of like the performance you get out divided by the pain you put in, right? And it's a very individual thing yeah but it it does capture what magic really is right yeah and i feel like that was really awesome because it wasn't just um like yeah because he said like he had the subscript i on there like magic i like equals um so like the performance over like so the divided by the pain um and i just thought that was so yeah i don't know and it was then very he, perceptive i think yeah 
It's like I've never seen magic explained like this, but it makes complete sense, right? When you think about that as a formula, that's totally what the formula would be. Yeah. And that's like such a good thing, right? Like I feel like there's this this thing that happens where like when people say something is simple, it becomes like, like it's very clear and it's it's almost like deceptively, um, deceptively easy, I guess. Yeah. And all the hard work is like really underneath it where you can't see it, right? Yeah. It's like your iPhone. And that's really kind of what he talked about is that like if you want to make a package magical, you'll have to really think about the pain of the user and how to take that pain mm. away while giving them yeah. still great performance. Um, and he gives like rules on how to achieve that, which was really cool. And like actual real life examples of how to do yeah. this. Yeah, he talks about like, uh, was it like zaps, um, licks and like genies? genies? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, but then he had this nice like design tool sentence where he said the magic of my package is that it grants you the thing it does while saving you from blank. Exactly. And that's what so, that's what I mean. What this is a rule of how you can build a magic package. Yes. It was definitely a really good talk. So since Nick and me have both sort of like been around, we thought it would be fun to talk about some of the trends that we've found in R recently. It's because I haven't been to anything cool. I can only talk about what I've been finding. Obviously, I've been setting up my computer, so I had to do a little bit of thinking of how that would be, how that would work. Um, I had some help on Twitter on how to set up my new MacBook. Yeah, it's kind of like when I have to do a fresh install of R sometimes. Like, it depends on the machine, but yeah, I don't know. I've never, like, I remember. trying to use some software someone had created and I had to go through all these manual installation steps like oh, running a make file <laughs> and like moving directories and then like deleting stuff yeah. and I was just really annoyed and it was very frustrating and then I just remember thinking like I just want like install.packages this thing and like and then it's like, oh this is like that's a package manager like and then I was like oh this is like this is one of these invisible things, right? This is like it, like this is a bit of R magic, like installed on packages. It oh, definitely. grants you a package, like while saving you from the pain of manually like building this and like running that in the terminal, and then putting it in the right place on your computer so that everything else knows about it. Um, yes, I mean it totally is magical, especially having recently installed a bunch of packages on our server environment. So whilst my laptop setup was fairly painless, the server environment hmm. setup was very painful for someone who isn't super used to it. And yeah, it was a bunch of like moving stuff around and then discovering that Anaconda and Python does some of that magic for you now. Um, we can talk about some more packages that we found magical. Yeah. In the past few um, sort of like weeks, months. Mm-hmm. So I particularly, I think hexbin plots are really magical. Mm, yep. So hexbin plots are plots where you summarize points in a region, sort of a hexbin region. It looks like your hex sticker. Like how cool is that? I mean, that's <laughs> that's right. The first selling point. I There's like say. a whole bunch of yeah, like lovely like, symmetry there. And then you can you summarize all these points in a region and you can color it and plot it in ggplot and it makes it really really fast and really beautiful to visualize um plots where you have scatter plots where you have over 40,000 over 20,000 points mm-hmm. um 
and you want to iterate through loads of options fast and maybe also give it out as a, as a shiny output afterwards. So hmm. that's Totally. I think that alpha, like setting the alpha, the transparency, transparency like yeah. the opacity yeah, is like, that's really useful. But like when you have like 40,000 points and you want to see like where things are clustered, I don't really think that transparency is like as, I don't know, like it's, it's a useful thing to do, but I think that the hex bins are like a really like, Really wonderful. So they is that just Geom Hex as well? Like something? Yeah. So it like works. That? It integrates with Geom Hex, but it is called it is the Hexbin um, package in R, mm. and the Hexbin package makes it really easy for you to summarize the data in those regions, right? Because you first need to create a data frame that you want to push to um, Geom Hex, and you can do this with the Hexbin plot. Well, Hexbin package. So yeah. I wonder if that was Thomas Lumley who wrote that. I have no idea. I didn't actually look up who wrote it. I just really love working with it. <laughs> huh. It's I think made my life so much easier and my graphs so much prettier. It gives them this cool feel of a bit of like a Comic Sans feel, like, but not in a bad way. Like, I mean, Comic Sans gets such a bad rap, but right? Yeah. It, ma it makes them relatable, I think. They look like less scientific, the plot, <laughs> but like just a little bit more approachable yeah i think it's like approachability of a plot that's what hexbin does for you um what else i think we both found a scales package this yeah around. scales that's great um scales is it, it must be a really old package right uh i think so like it's um it's pre-gg plot right because a lot of gg plot is built on scales why has scales I, uh, so my understanding is that the scales package was taken out of gg plot as like to reduce dependencies, or not to reduce dependencies, sorry, to like um, just like there are a bunch of really useful things for converting units or like changing limits and that sort of thing or adding intervals like and say colors. between like zero and colors and palettes. So they, so Hadley took that out of ggplot and turned it into the scales package so it could be used in things outside of ggplot. Um so that's like that's my understanding of the history there, and it's yeah, it's it's got I know like the things that I've been using it for are things like formats. So you can format percent, or you can format like dollars, or like things like say like a number, and you can say like where to put like a comma mark or something like that. So if you want to have like one million, and then you want it to print like one comma zero 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 comma zero zero zero. Um, but it has all this other amazing stuff in there. Like you can set the the interval for objects, um, and it has it does some really good stuff with palettes as well. I really um, like their palettes. It make, just makes it easier to recreate the default colors in ggplot, right? Um, something you do sometimes need to do because you. Might oh right, is that what? Okay, the order. Because I've actually never used the palettes part of it. So. Yep. No, that's what it's there for. That's why why I use it. It's it has this pal has this upal, and you can. We create the default um, ggplot color range. I wonder how they decided upon those because I really like those colors. But, I really um, like them too, but there are lots of people mm. who don't. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I mean, I think that there are like, I know, perhaps there are like color scales that are better for colorblind people and, and photograph um, and grayscaling and so on, but there's something kind of nostalgic about them. Nostalgic, um, you're calling them nostalgic already. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is jumping again a little bit. I don't know, it's a sort of like, it just reminds me of like first seeing ggplot and being very happy with that. And it, like, like it, it brings me, feeling. yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, 
Yeah. There it is. Um, yeah, right. So all of the palettes are in there. Huh. That's super great. Yeah, it makes it very easy to interact with that. And it took me a while because I would always recreate the palette like manually until mm -hmm. I figured out that like Scales has them in there. It makes... Ah, <laughs> oh, and it's got the Viridus palette. <clears throat> yeah. That's all the stuff that you ever wanted. Oh, and it does color interpolation like between oh, like two colors. Oh. Huh. Useful to know. Oh, my God. This is great. Thank you. Um... Right, it's Nick's life for another day gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> While he's playing around with this is this is lovely. Um, oh boy. So okay. Talking uh, about the scales package, we mm. might as well mention that you did a recent little video on the scales package and how yeah. to use the percentage function. Tell us yeah, what that's so about. That, so I I was visiting. Um, uh, I was visiting UC Berkeley, so like the University of California um, in Berkeley, um, in California, uh, or like obviously in California, in like the Bay Area, um, and it. Um, and I was having a conversation with Karthik, um, and he had like some really handy code that took like used the format function and then converted like a number into a percent. Um, and I said, oh, like the scales package does this. And he was like, oh, that's really great. Like I've had that format code just kicking around for the past 10 years and I just put it in papers to to do this sort of stuff. But he's like, someone should make a, a screencast where they just have like, uh, like here's a couple of functions and like it's high quality and really short. And I was like, that sounds fun. I, I think I can do that. Um, and so then you have like your little, your little zingers, like your little, our packages and and our functions you want to show off and the yeah zaps. so I sat down the, the zaps <laughs> I would say the zap cool. um, yeah so I uh, so I made a little screencast about this called just three things I tried really hard to keep it short um, but it was about five minutes and I talk about the scales percent percent format function um, ggplot labs um, so labs like instead of having plus x lab plus y lab or plus gg title Labs allows you to say X equals this, Y equals this. And then you can also specify the title and subtitle in the same argument. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, and then I talked about this function called use spell check, which is great because it adds a words list to your package or to your, to your directory. And I then, just want to know how to do a spell check. Can I, I have to confess my ignorance here. I, and I have always yeah. wondered this. Is how do I do a spell check in R Markdown? It's going to be help desk so, time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so spelling is the package. <laughs> so spelling, um, and then how do I run it? Uh, to just be colon colon, like spell. So the package is just called spelling, and then you can spell check file or spell check directory, I think. And then it gives you a list of the stuff. So I can't get it in the of editor. Of the output, that's... I would like it yeah. in the editor. Uh, I would like it in my RStudio editor. Oh, like to appear like in yeah. the, yeah, like like in the same way that you have like find words, you could be like find spelling mistakes. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, yeah, that would be really good. So um, they well, do like have I'm a check. Right? So like, they do have, uh, yeah. So they do have a spell, <laughs> they do have a check spelling function in edit, I think. So that's in our studio as well. Um, and so you can actually go to the menu and go to edit or view or something, and then you can 
look for spell check there and then it'll go through that document. And it will also ignore R markdown as well. Um, that's good. So that's good if you just want to go through, but then that means you have to like go through and like manually um, go through like a lot of those words. And like a lot of the times it'll pick up on things like author names and stuff like that, which is pretty normal for a spell checker. But, um, but like when you have to manually go through a lot of stuff. Um, that's annoying, yeah. Yeah, but it is in the it is in the R Studio IDE. That's good. And can I also use mm. the trick that you showed, so which is adding a white list of words that you are okay with mm. to this? Yeah. So I'm not sure if that interacts with like the spelling part of the R Studio IDE. I think it it has a dictionary or something like that. Um, but I'm actually not sure. I haven't I haven't experimented with that since. Um, yeah, we'll bring you an update at some point. And what I need to how to fix Watch this space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and what was really neat about the just three things thing is that, um, well, people seem to like it, which was good. It's uh, I was I was hoping people would, so it's always nice. And then um, Jen Richmond um, had her own. Um, so she was like, oh, this is great. Like, like, I'll do this as well. And so she made her own screencast like the next day, which was really cool. She had something that she wanted to share as well. Um, and um, yeah, I just thought that was really nice. It was just like really cool that um, I know people were, were into this as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there has and, been a lot uh, of talk on Twitter about things that I wish I had known about R. I think mm. one of the R ladies might have started it on the We Are Ladies um, Twitter account that's curated yeah, that, every week. That Twitter account is so awesome. It's just usually full. Of, like it, it's always full of just like here's a bunch of advice. I know, like Charlotte Wickham did one where she was like, ah, "I'm about to learn something new. Like, bear with me." And then she just documented the entire process on Twitter. Yeah, I really uh, and that was great. So okay, so that's um, I guess that's all for now that we have. Um, we hopefully be back um, at some point with this format yeah. and with better internet providers because this is why <laughs> we have to finish this a little bit rushed because yeah. <laughs> Nick's internet keeps dropping us. It's not the Perth internet, which is very surprising. Yeah. Um, so, oh, dear. Yeah, well, it happens, right? <laughs> it does. It does happen. Um, well, oh boy. anyway, mm. so happy moving. Where are you moving to? Uh, I'm just moving up suburbs just into Abbotsford. Um, nice. That's yeah, that's lovely, should be good. Lovely part. Mm. Um, well, have fun doing that, and I, I will, will. Um, get this sorted. So, everyone, goodbye, and see you next time. Speak yeah, I'll see you next, next time. time. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Asia. Bye.